what we do here is go back, 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 back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bare Knuckles Most Wanted. We are live here. Of course, I'm Matthew Kohler. You have Matt Seibel, my partner in crime, and we are joined tonight by Mr. Worldwide, Jeff Houston. How you doing tonight, Jeff? Oh, I really wish you wouldn't have to answer ask me that question, but you know what? Since you did, I'm here. <laughs> I well, listen. I'm doing great just because you're here. So. If that, I don't know if that makes you feel any better, but I'm, I'm super excited to have you on here. And tonight, we are going to be talking about BKFC 21, doing a little recap. And uh, listen, um, it, was a, it was a crazy night of fights. Um, it it definitely, definitely was one of the, one of the uh, most exciting events that I've seen at BKFC. Um, you know, with not a, not a single fight went the distance. I don't even think anything went past the second round. So, Jeff, what are what are your thoughts? We've only seen this once in BKFC history to where we had an entire event where there were no decisions. And it's exciting, even though that there were a few instances I would have liked to have seen a five-round bloodbath war. We didn't yeah. get it on Unfortunately, but what we did get is a lot of knockouts, a lot of stoppages, every single one of them. It was, I, I couldn't have asked for a more brutal welcome to the state of Nebraska than what we gave Omaha yet the other day at BKFC 21. It was, it was, <laughs> it was brutality at its finest. It really was. It really was super, super, super exciting. And, uh, you know, the, the place, the place was packed and the crowd, the, the, the energy in the crowd was, was, was amazing. And, uh, you know, um, I've been to a number of combat sports events and I think that a big piece of that energy, um, that we feel from the crowd comes directly from, from the way that you hype it up. I mean, you're so stinking good at that. It's just a gift, man, that you have. And, uh, you know, there's nobody in the game better than you. So, uh, you know, that that's one of my takeaways, too, because I was really paying attention to what you were doing. I'm like, man, this guy, you know, you just you, uh, where does that come from? Is that just a natural God given ability? I mean, obviously, you have a ton of experience. But um, at what point did you realize that, like, dude, I'm pretty stinking good at this, you know? Probably the day, you know, it's a tough one. Um, the way that I look at it is my horns are the only thing holding up my halo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so fair. That could come from above 
and below for all I know. I mean, there could be a little bit of heaven. There could be a little bit of hell in what I do. I mean, you can't have one without the other. So, I mean, with all the good that I do, there's a little bit of evil that's kind of thrown in there for the showmanship. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of ring announcers out there who can probably put their finger on where it comes from. I don't think that I'm one of them. I think I may be the exception to the rule because I have no idea where it comes from. This invention that has become Mr. Live Worldwide came from nothing, came from absolutely nothing. I mean, and that's the damnedest thing. So when when you come from nothing as far as building a character and building eventually who you were born to be, it's kind of hard to actually pinpoint what what did it it just happened it, it's it's it was always there i guess it was maybe dormant and just came out and decided to play one day well i'm glad that it did because again that 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 event and every event that you're a part of i mean it just you you take it to a new level and so um i've always appreciated it but um i think after this uh, after this last event uh, on friday um in omaha it was just like it just kind of hit me i'm like man this that's a huge part of, of what makes the event these events so exciting. So, just wanted to you know not trying to uh, stroke you too much, but uh, you know uh, just wanted to tell you that I appreciate it and I and it really it really kind of hit me like a ton of bricks at the event. So, um, it's definitely definitely one of the things that stood out in my mind uh, overall. I mean, even 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 maybe more so than some of the fights. So, oh, there I don't want I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't want to ever hear that. I don't ever want to hear that what I did was just as impactful or more impactful than the fights. A ring announcer never wants to hear that. We are just a spoke on the wheel. We are not the whole damn wheel. I mean, I add my sizzle. I'm not stupid. I know that I add my sizzle. But I also know that it's kind of weird because even though that maybe you're in the spotlight for a minute, you know, geographically, I always feel that I have a tan of an edge of a circle mm. like that comes right down my face. And that's where I'm kind of supposed to be. It's in between obscurity and in between the spotlight. So I tell people, you know, I, I've been asked before because, you know, I have a couple of tattoos. What's your favorite tattoo? I said, oh, that would be the tattoo of the um, spotlight across my face because that's where <laughs> because that's where I live. I live in between obscurity and in between the spotlight, but I'm never 100% in the spotlight because I learned at the beginning that's not where the ring announcer belongs. We've never belonged in the spotlight. The only person that should be paying to see the ring announcer live and doing his thing is the ring announcer's mother. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, and again, that's not to take anything away from the fighters. Um, what I'm saying is that the fights are amazing, but the way that you get the crowd hype and the energy from the beginning is awesome. So moving on, let's talk about the fights. So there were, it, like, like we said, there was a ton of, uh, really exciting knockouts. It started from the very beginning with, uh, Jeff Souter and Adam Valcourt, uh, ended, um, 49 seconds into round number two. So what a way to start off the night, right? Jeff Souter, Jeff Souter's a badass. Jeff Souter came in with a lot of a uh, lot of fans. Both of them uh, bare knuckle debuts. Both of them Omaha mm -hmm. guys. 
So both of them getting a nice little pop at the beginning of the show. And I always like an opportunity when we're in a brand new state and our first fight, our first fight ever. Think about how impactful that is right. to the Nebraska, but not only that, to the city of Omaha. That uh, the first bare knuckle fight in Nebraska state history consisted of two Omaha guys. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's great. And, 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 and it was exciting to watch too. So then of course, uh, the next, uh, the next one ended super, super quickly, 38 seconds into round number one with, uh, Carlos Trinidad snake beating, uh, defeating Noah Cutter. And, uh, you know, that was a surprise. That was a surprise. It was a surprise. I was, I, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't know where Carlos Trinidad Snake was coming from as a bare knuckle fighter. And I know that Noah Cutter has already had his battles inside the squared circle. And we all remember yep. that horrific nose injury that he sustained where his mm-hmm. nose was almost literally flapped over. But it was a it was of no hey, it was of no consequence to him, which makes him the badass that he is. But exactly the way that he, the way that he got that quick flurry over on Noah was just fan. I was just like Wow. Nobody saw that coming, even though, of course, Carlos is another Oklahoma guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was and that was something that was really cool for me with that. There were so many local fighters on this card. And like, how cool is that for for the city of Omaha, you know, and the surrounding areas, all those people, they get to see a lot of their hometown hometown guys come in first in history in the making. And the whole thing is just was just I thought that was that was a brilliant move going into a new city by the by uh, the BKFC, David Feldman and uh, and Nate Shook just absolutely um there, there would not have been a better way to, to, to do that, in my opinion. There, there isn't a better way to start off in a brand new market unless right. the card is saturated with local talent. I mean, it has to be because you have to give them that little extra incentive to come. Because if you break ground on a brand new state with nothing but, you know, celebrity style fighters, you're, you're, you're taking away a demographic of the market. And that's what's really important when you start a new state is that you make sure, like I said, that it's saturated with enough local fighters to help them sell the tickets and put new eyes on the product. So the next time, if we ever do come through uh, to Omaha, and let's just say there's not as much Omaha talent, people will still turn up in droves because they remember what a good time they had the first time. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I guarantee you, that there are there are a, a huge number of new BKFC fans in Nebraska now. I guarantee it after having watched that event. So, all right. So the next fight on the card, this one, uh, I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but I'm talking about Eric Murray um, defeating Robert Guzman via TKO from a knee injury. Um, one minute, 52 seconds into round number two. So, I'll tell you what I think, and then I, I would like to hear your thoughts as well. So that one, um, I, Robert Guzman, I don't think was going to win that fight. Um, he he was he was definitely losing the fight, but um, he got thrown around a little bit, and the and you know the fight ended because of a knee injury from getting thrown down essentially. Uh, personally, you know, again, I I never like to be too critical of the referees, but I think you know. Just from a fan's perspective, I would have liked to have seen that one at, called as a no contest. Um, but 
you know, it, it probably was going to end in favor of uh, Eric Murray anyway, but you know, from a knee injury can't continue because he got thrown down. I didn't, I don't, didn't really agree with that call. What are, what are your thoughts? I believe in the TKO on that because it was an unfortunate uh, accidental injury. I do yeah. believe his knee was dislocated and <clears throat> I know um, what well, we call him bomb first because you know, that's Robert's nickname. I was just enthralled when I was at the fighter meeting with uh, Sean Wheelock and Chris Lytle, and we were listening to his story, and we were listening to uh, Robert's passion about how he wanted this journey to make his way to bare knuckle fighting championship. And you know, he had also been a former uh, tryout uh, athlete, so yeah. he tried out, and then he and then he finally got this opportunity. He was so excited, but. I think the problem with that is, is that he just gave up way too much height because Eric Murray Jr. What was he about six four? He was definitely he was definitely significantly taller. Yeah, he was taller, and he was he was controlling the jab. He was also controlling the pace, which I thought that Robert Guzman was going to walk him down. I didn't think it was going to be the other way around. Now, do I believe it should have been a no contest? No, because in the in in the long run, I don't think it would made it made a difference on the outcome of the fight. And believe it or not, we're gonna what I just said right there. I'm saving for another fight that we're yep. gonna talk about that may yep. have a little bit of controversy behind it, but I'm still gonna save it for that fight. But as far as this one, I believe the referee made the right call. It was a accidental uh, knee injury. Doctor stopped it. TKO. Doctor stoppage. I do agree with the call. I, you know, I could, I, th I feel like I could go either way with it. Um, it could have been, but again, um, it would have been, so you know what I may, you may have just changed my mind on that. Um, because it would have been a, it really would have been a shame to, uh, take that W away from Robert that he was going to have anyway. He was winning the fight and he was at matter of fact, he was dominating the fight. Um, so I will, I'll switch my point of view. You convinced me you're a heck of a salesman. Good job. That doesn't happen often, <laughs> but uh, all right. So that one, I could see arguments in both in in uh, in both directions. But I, at the end of the day, after hearing your point of view, I'm going to agree with you. So then we go to Cody Land defeats T.J. Benson via knockout right hook to the body. Now that was one thing from this from this entire card that. Um, that that's another one of my takeaways. People are starting to really see the benefit of working the body. I mean, that those were some vicious, vicious body shots. And I'm telling you right now, it does not feel good. People like <laughs> taking some of those. I mean, to me, like I'd almost rather get hit and it punched in the face than, than take a liver or a kidney shot like that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, right hook to the body, 129, uh, uh, one minute, 29 seconds into round number two. So what do you think? Do you, you know, any, any, any particular thoughts on that fight? I think what we saw there is what it was kind of like an education to maybe future bare knuckle fighters showing that one of the interesting facts of bare knuckle fighting is to really attack the body is mm -hmm. to go after the body because a lot of old school bare knuckle fighters and we're talking about the bare knuckle fighters in the ninth in the 19th century not necessarily yeah. the 20th and the 21st century they would go after the body they would go after they would go after joints they would hit you in the elbow they'd hit you in the forearm 
you know, they'd hit you at places to where they would strategically break down your body so that you couldn't fight back effectively. Right. Modern day, modern day bare knuckle fighters, everybody's looking for the big knockout of the knockout button. But what they don't realize is that's not the only one. As far as knockout buttons throughout the physical anatomy of a human body, there are so many knockout buttons all over the body that most of them don't even know about. And they haven't mm -hmm. been exploited in a fight. So anytime that you see a body knockout, and it's interesting how the breakdown of it works because usually it's not immediate. Usually it takes a couple of seconds. There's a delayed reaction and then the body reacts accordingly. It goes into shutdown mode. And it's interesting to see that play out in a bare knuckle fight. And I just hope that more fighters look at that as a blueprint and put that into practice. I really do. I agree, and I, but I think we're starting to see more and more of it, and, and we saw we saw more than one, uh, you know, one more than one fight in that way on this card. So take note, all you fighters out there. So again, um, that was that was some brutal body shots. Next fight was Sean Wilson taking out Will Shut. It was a TKO with a with a vicious left hook. One minute twenty one seconds into round number one. So, uh, oh, we, we passed up, uh, uh, Benson we did, Lance. we did. Sorry about that. Cody Lance. We'll come back to Sean and uh, will, but Cody land right hook to the body. Um, Oh, so, you know, who we, who we actually, uh, we skipped was JC Deleon and, and, uh, and, uh, and Fan Troy. And yes, that's who we, that's who we skipped. So that was a TKO, right hooks, minute thirty six in round number two. Yep. You know, um, another again, um, another another vicious knockout. Um, yep. Just brutal, brutal. So, um, any anything you want to touch on in particular about that fight? You know, I mean, you know, two fighters, you know, stepping in there. You know, I mean, you know, uh, we had. Um, Fan Troy, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember where I was. I believe Fan Troy was a Nebraska kid, mm -hmm. and uh, J.C. DeLeon from uh, from Fort Worth, Texas. You know, he's a Texas boy. He was a Texas boy. Yep. So interesting fight. Um, nothing that really kind of you know knocked my socks off on that fight. Even though that statistically, when I started looking at that, I was interested in it. I mean, you know, it was a good knockout, and you know, hats off to both fighters. But you know. I mean, it, 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 we didn't have a boring we didn't have a, a boring fight on the card at all. I don't think that there was a boring fight at all. There wasn't a boring minute on it, and you're not going to have boring minutes when every fight is a stoppage, unless that stoppage is like ridiculously controversial. The fans don't yeah. agree with it. The commentators don't agree with it, and it's just literally if this person wins, they riot. We didn't yep. have a situation like that, so there wasn't a there wasn't a bad moment on the card. No, there, there really wasn't. Um, I totally agree with that. So then you had, of course, then we'll get back to Sean and Will. That was a mean left hook. Um, you know, it, if I remember correctly, it was kind of a wild shot. Am I, am I thinking, am I, am I thinking no, of the, the right, the right one? Okay. It was just one of those things. It was a wild left hook that, uh, that just caught him right on the button. And it was just, it was just, that was it, you know? Um, so it, it I sometimes wonder, you know, like in a fight, in a, in a fight like that, like what would happen if, you know, how would the fight have turned out if, if that shot hadn't landed or whatever, but at the end of the day it landed and that's, that's the story, you know? So, um, 
you want to talk about that one at all? You know, uh, are we talking about Benson and Land, or are we still on Fantroy? We we're talking about um, we are talking about Sean Wilson and Will Shut. Well, I'd like to go back to Benson and okay. Land if I can. On Let's that do that. Let's do it. Yeah, because Benson's coming in uh, an MMA veteran. Cody Land, you know, shorter guy, but stocky as hell. Stocky yeah. as hell. I mean, the guy. I mean, seriously, the guy, the, the guy looked like a reclining, you know, chair. I mean, he's just so friggin' big, you know, big, but stock, you know, small and stout. Um, that was a surprising one right there with Cody Land. Um, and as a professional, I am the kind of person to owe up to when I fuck up on television. And guess what? There was a deer in headlights moment last night from yours truly on that fight not everybody noticed it but as i said i'm a professional and i'm willing to own when i have a deer in headlights moment i actually had the wrong decision card on top so when i was about ready to announce it i'm looking for the time it's not there you see me shuffle you see me shuffle you even hear a fan say come on <laughs> and then, I, and then I, probably, I i had accidentally shuffled the card to the back so that's where you saw that pause. Mm -hmm. Some people were thinking maybe I was going for like a psychological pause. No, that that was that was dumbassery right there on my <laughs> end. It happens. But no, and then here's the thing: it does. And a lot of people hold you up to ridiculously high standards when you're on television. When you're on television, oh, you know, it, it's amazing the standards that you're held to because when somebody watches one product. They figure every single product that's on television is going to be held at least up to that same standard without realizing that things like this do happen, realizing that the top professionals, Michael Buffer and Bruce, they mess up all the time, but they mess up. But they're professionals like me to the point to where when we do mess up, number one, we recover very quickly. We recover very quickly, quicker than most, instead of just standing there like a dumbass and <laughs> I had a little bit of a dumbassery moment, and in that moment, um, apologies to Cody Land for you know pushing that out a little bit longer. But at least it ended hard. He got a nice reaction to his win and such. So you know, good fight and uh, a mistake that I will not be made again. If Dave is watching, if anybody with BKFC is watching, you know, they'll probably say, you know what? Let's go ahead and watch that back. Yeah, he did fuck up. And then I'm going to hear about it <laughs> for the next two shows. But uh, that will not happen again. I can promise you that. Mistakes are made, but lessons are learned. Exactly. At the end of the day, hey, we're all human and everybody can mess up. But you are man enough to admit it. So that's good on you. That's good on you. But um, listen, especially when you're live, I mean, it's it's bound to happen at some point, you know, um, it's, you're, you're going, you're, you're going to mess up and that, and that's, that's part of the game. So not everyone would admit it, but you did, sir. So then, all right. So then we're, we're going to, uh, Jason high Rocky long. Oh, no, no, no. Sean Wilson and Will shut. Oh shoot. I'm getting so off here. I, see, listen, I messed that up. I'm well, I'm willing to admit it, you know? All right. Sean Wilson will shut left hook. That's the one that, that's the one that I was talking about. Was it, Sean was it, was Sean Wilson is going to be a badass in bare knuckle, man. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, things to come for Sean Wilson. I think that he's got uh, potential. I mean, 
the combined combat sports record between the two of them was amazing. I mean, you know, Will Shutt was somewhere around, I think, 54 fights. Sean Wilson is like close to 70. I mean, you know, that's almost yeah. That's almost 130 collective fights just between two people. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that's like two of them equals one Shannon Rich. Yeah, I mean, like seriously, like that when I remember I remember hearing that announcement of like, you know, 50 some odd fights, professional fights and 70 professional fights. I'm like, "Good god. These guys are a couple of warriors." Like, you know, I can't even imagine. I mean, that's such a, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of guys don't even have never will achieve even having close to 50 fights in their professional career. That's pro uh, fights. So, that's pro fights. That's right. That's, that's baptism under fire coming into bare knuckle, but Sean he had the game plan for moment one. He knew it's all about applying the pressure. It's all about putting your foot on the gas. And, you know, he really came out with hard hits, got some good flurries in there. I, I was impressed with Sean. I want to see him again. I think that he impressed a lot of people uh, within the uh, decision-making tree of BKFC. I think so. I would imagine so. I mean, it, it was another vicious uh, vicious, uh, uh, vicious TKO, left hook. Um, and you know, the, it ended quickly. So it was, it was a good show. All right. You know the, the interesting thing was, is that before we go on, and I think that this yeah. is an interesting fun fact, maybe it's something that our fight fans, uh, didn't notice. I mean, I certainly noticed because it was just, I was in bewilderment when we finished and it was just right before 10 30. It was actually one of our faster moving pace shows. It was awesome. I love it when our shows are fast paced because we get, we get in, we give the fight fans what we want and we get done with the night with enough time to go party and have a good time, you know, celebrate our, uh, celebrate our hard work. But uh, the nice thing about it is, is that I happened to look at the mat when they were tearing it down. I realized this is by far the cleanest the mat has ever been. <laughs> any bare knuckle fighting event that we've ever done. I couldn't believe it. There was hardly a drop of blood on it. I mean, most of the time, by the time we get to fight nine, 10 or so on in a bare knuckle fight card, it starts resembling a crime scene. Yeah. You know, because of all the blood that shed, that was the cleanest our mat with all the, and we had vicious highlight reel knockouts throughout the whole yeah. night. And yet as brutal as it was, which once again kind of, you know, switches your thinking about brutality to when you see these vicious knockouts, but not excessive bloodshed. Yeah, well, and I think that goes back to the fact that the, the, the fights did end so quickly and there weren't these five round wars, wars where these guys were just beating on each other, you know, um, for, for five straight rounds. You know, those are some of the some of the bloodiest some of the bloodiest fights you see in this sport. Well, there also wasn't any female fights, and they're the ones that seem to end up the bloodiest. <laughs> Statistically, so, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's definitely true. Okay, hey, so Taylor next, Taylor Starling, Taylor Starring, and Teresa Tagala talk about oh, man. talking about setting the precedent for uh, bloody female brawls. Yeah, one of the bloodiest fights I've ever witnessed favorite, in my life. Probably, you know. Um, Jason Knight and Artem Lobov, that one was was pretty wild. But those, you know, those two girls, um, I mean, they really put on a war. And that one probably was the bloodiest fight I've seen overall. I, you know, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them there. Uh, you can't take away from uh, Julian Lane and Jake Bostwick. 
Oh, absolutely. That was a good one, too. And, of course, you've got – Bostwick, Jake would just not stop bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, of course, Joey Beltran and Tony Lopez was another one. Oh, man. But you know what? Interesting thing about that one is that that really didn't get bloody until the fourth round. The fourth and fifth round were just these – enormous bloodbaths. I mean, they were, they were doing great between round rounds one through three, but four and five, they just threw yeah. caution. To, they just threw caution to the wind, <laughs> you know, shots, big shots started connecting. And yeah, let's, let's talk about Tony Lopez for a second. I mean, even after at BKFC 20, my God, this is one tree. You cannot cut down. You just no. can't. Alan Belcher gave him a gave him a solid one, gave him a solid fight and such. But Jesus, oh, you're right, you're right, Tony. Yuli and Diego, Diego was bleeding all over the damn place. So was you. That, <laughs> yeah. that was a very bloody affair as well. But man, Tony Lopez, man, I they broke the mold when <laughs> uh, they made Tony Lopez. He is the most unique fighter I think I've ever met. Well, and he fights a lot, and he's been fighting forever, and. I mean, it's it, it's just like you know, guys like that are, are definitely a rare breed. He forty nine. Well, he's the kind of guy that he would only die if you told him. You'd have to tell him, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm dead." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. All right, go ahead and go. Okay, so um, all right, all, all right. right all right, all right. You know, credit where credit is due to the to the only animal of bare knuckle and that's mr travis thompson yes mr thompson i you know something sir i'm getting senile there are times that i find myself not being able to retain as much information as i did when i was a younger man but you are absolutely right you have been at the forefront of bloody brawls and more importantly travis and i say this with all love and not because you called it out motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you have always entertained us there, oh man, you have never had a fight with bare knuckle fighting championship that was not entertaining in some way. You have always come out there and given it your all because Travis has said, I'm not in this sport to be rich. I'm not really in this sport to even fight full time. He's like, I, I he said, I have a job. I love my job. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, he says, I have a job. You know, I'm always working. He's the kind of guy who doesn't like downtime. He's always got to be doing something. If he's not training, he's working. You know, he's a very busy and motivated individual. But for him, it's just all about the thrill of the fight and the ability to, you know, provoke involuntary manslaughter without going to jail. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, listen, if I will, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. And, and Travis, I apologize for not... Uh, not recognizing you as well, but listen, Travis Thompson is a guy that never, never disappoints. I mean, it, when it when it comes to putting on an entertaining, violent, vicious brawl, I mean, vicious fight rather. I mean, Travis Thompson is right up there with anybody, and that is one of the reasons why why our BKFC fans love him so much. I mean, he's he comes to fight, and he's going to throw down, and it's going to be vicious and violent, and he is the animal for for a reason. I remember that, Travis. I remember. I remember. I believe there was one time you were putting in a fireplace, and then there was another <laughs> time you were, like, finishing a deck. I mean, you know, you always have a project. You have a project that's literally 
right after a fight, no matter if both your hands are broken, no matter if your eyes are swollen shut, you always have some kind of construction project that you're working on like the day after the fight. And not too many <laughs> fighters can actually say that they do that. Usually they take a day of rest after receiving an ass kicking or giving an ass kicking. So dude, more power to you for doing that. 100%, 100%. Much, much respect, Travis. Thank you. Thank you for watching. So then we are going to Jason High, Rocky Long. So I feel like this one, um, it, it was, it was, I want to say that it, it was, it was a good fight, but it really, I mean, Jason just dominated. I felt like Ro Rocky never really got um, into a good rhythm in the fight. Um, you know, he fought hard, but. He didn't get a, he didn't really get it. Jason did not give him a chance yeah. to start. No, and I he didn't. That, and, and I have known Rocky forever. I have announced so many of Rocky's MMA fights, uh, back when he was living in Houston, he's now out of Pittsburgh. Um, but I have known Rocky for the longest time. You know, he has been Houston strong. You know, he was a student of, uh, recently passed, uh, Saul Solis, who was the godfather of Houston MMA, you know, I mean, Tito Ortiz's main trainer for years and years on end. You know, Rocky, I was excited when I saw him come into uh, bare knuckle fighting. You know, I said, you know, I maybe he could do well at this. Unfortunately, he came up against a guy who did not give him an opportunity to really start on the fight. No. And, you know, if you watch the fight, um, you might not know that that Rocky Long is actually a, a good fighter, you know, but it 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 just, you know, Jason just came in and just dominated from from the from the get go. I mean, he was just on him. Um, he he just he he fought a good fight, had a great game plan, came in, and worked it. And, uh, you know, he he made uh, made great use of his distance in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, Hats off to him. He had a great performance. I think so. I think so. He's another one that I'm very interested to see uh, in his bare knuckle progression. There's so many men. <laughs> how, how exciting is the roster right now after seeing some of these guys fight for the first time and take to it like a fish to water and, mm -hmm. yeah. saying, to your, and saying to yourself, man, I can't wait to see this one person. It's not just one person. It's two, it's five, it's 10. And as it grows, so this growing roster, as the product itself grows, it gets that much more exciting. We sound like a broken record when we say that this is the best fight card. This is the best fight <laughs> card. It's going to be a very long time until we say, eh, it's an okay fight card because I don't see it. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't see it in the immediate future. I really don't. No, no, the, the roster is getting super, super deep. And the, and, and the thing with a debut fighter in bare knuckle or in combat sports in general, but especially in bare knuckle, um, any, any of these, this, these, uh, debut fighters could be the next superstar. You know, they could be the next dominant force in whatever division they're in. You don't know. Um, you know, because the sport is so new and, and, you know, you've had a number of fighters that come in with an upside down record in, in MMA or boxing and come in and do extremely well in this sport. You know, because this is a new, this is, this is a, a totally different game. Um, and so that's, that's to me is one of the exciting things about watching debut fighters is that you don't know what to expect. Even if they do have a ton of pro fights outside of bare knuckle, I mean, they could come in and this, this could be their thing. They, they found their niche. Well, how interesting is it 
that we have a, uh, a dynamic of an old sport, new concept. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, that doesn't, you don't, you don't hear those two combine that often when it comes to, when, when it comes to sports, because, you know, boxing been established, MMA now been established in mainstream bare knuckle. If we're talking bare knuckle fighting, that can go as far back as fighting can go, number one. But the fact that we have it on this platform, on this new platform, so old sport, new concept. Very, very interesting. And I think that that's what's going to be intriguing to so many fans as they discover bare knuckle, because you can do your history and see how far the lineage of bare knuckle fighting goes back. It goes it's pretty damn deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So this next uh, next fight, I think, uh, so we're talking about Ryan Roberts uh, defeating Jorge Gonzalez in by KO with a vicious overhand right, 29 seconds into round number two. And I think that that one, as of right now, has to be in the running for knockout of the year. It was at when that was slowed down to so many frames per second. My God, just watch. <laughs> this one was interesting because you saw the entire body section by section shut down, and that's always interesting to see the the body shut down in the process of a knockout. But what was funny when he landed, I said, "Dude, when you landed." Your head kind of turned. Your eyes were wide open. It's almost like he was looking at the screen up there to catch the replay of the knockout before it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just a my goodness. And of and of course, you know, you're talking about uh, Ryan Roberts, isn't it? No, and he's fine. He's fine, dude. He was he was he was partying with us uh, downstairs. He was no worse for the wear. He his face wasn't messed up in any way. A lot of guys didn't have their. I mean, the, the fights weren't long enough. <laughs> to really have anybody have a lot of damage. So it's amazing. Uh, yet again, what I said earlier on how clean the mat was, well, I was amazed at how little our guys were scarred up this th this time, but that's because that there were no wars. It was all first round, second round finishes. So yep. nobody, nobody was really worse for the wear as far as superficially. Right, right. You know, and Ryan Roberts is another guy that, man, he's built like a stinking brick house. <laughs> He's a I mean, tank. He's, yeah. a fucking, he's a fucking tank. He's like a, he got, he, the way that his body style is kind of reminded me of Dakota Cochran. Yeah. Just that compact, just pure muscle. Like, I mean, he, and obviously listen, he's, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a force to reckon with. It could, I could potentially so. be, you know, um, it, so. man, I tell you what, he throws a mean, a mean overhand, right. You know, um, and, it, and, and, and it didn't – and if you watch the hit, his power was so – it didn't completely connect. You saw as that overhand right, there was, a, the, the, it, there was a little ricochet off of the top of the knuckle, but the force was enough there that it, what he did get caught with took him off his feet. Absolutely. So I mean, he just folded. Just imagine, well, just imagine if that had been flush. Yeah. Well – if that, if, if, that been, if that had been flush, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So that just yes. shows the amazing power. And Ryan's another one who is a combat sports veteran. You know, I mean, over 30, I think he had a combined combat sports record of over 30 fights over so many combat sports. And now here he is, a bare knuckle. And man, he had a killer instinct. He had a killer look on him. I mean, this guy, 
I, Dave, I, I bet, I bet Dave just sees absolute unlimited potential in someone like Ryan Roberts. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I can't wait to see him fight again. I can't wait to see it. A lot I'm of a these fan. guys on this card. I am too. I am too. I, am a, I mean, I love Jorge. Jorge's my boy. I love Jorge. He's a he's a nice guy. He's vicious in the ring, you know. But you know, he just got caught with a bad shot. I mean, the fight could have gone either way if that shot may not have been connected. Because I've definitely seen Jorge in later rounds actually, you know, you know, start utilizing that gas tank. So that could have happened. But Ryan is just a special kind of fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's powerful. I'll tell you that much. Sure um, okay. So this next one. This is the one that you were talking about earlier. We wanted to come back to it. Um, and I've had a, a few fighters reach out to me and ask me my opinion um, and, to, and give me their opinion. And I think that to everyone that I've talked to, uh, so, okay, we're, we're talking about Houston Alexander, West Combs. Um, and anybody that watched know, knows what happened. Um, you know, Houston knocked out Wes and then came and, and hit him really hard again. Um, after, after Wes was on the ground already unconscious. Um, so there have been people arguing, this has been a, been a thing, um, that people have talked about that, you know, should that have been a DQ? Absolutely I not. See, yeah, uh, I, not. Nope. I see nope. arguments in both in both directions, but no, in the end, in the end, it's kind of hard to argue. And for the simple reason, it's easy to see why so many people would want to DQ after the debacle that happened, unfortunately, with our uh, good friend Melvin Gillard. I mean, I understand yeah. that, you know, I mean, yeah. it was unfortunate what happened there, but it was under different circumstances now. Now that, you know, that fight, I guess, you know, they've broken it down, they've dissected it a little bit more. And now that they've seen, hey, you know, maybe it didn't necessarily call for a DQ. Maybe it could have been take away one point, take away two points and let the fight continue. Fine. I mean, I can understand that. I mean, yeah. but was it was it a desired situation? No, it wasn't. Unfortunately, it wasn't. But in this case. The way that I'm looking at a disqualification on a downed opponent is if that downed opponent is still able to defend him or herself during the fight. That was not the case here. Wes Combs was knocked out. It was an unfortunate follow-up what happened with Houston with the second fight, but it would not have changed the outcome of the fight. Now, if Wes no, Combs it, it would had dropped down to a knee... If West Combs had been knocked down and he was still, you know, conscious, cognitive and everything like that, we're talking a completely different structure. Then, yes, it absolutely probably would have warranted uh, a disqualification. But Kerry Hatley, my very, very good friend, was refereeing that and he did no wrong on that. That was definitely the right call. And just to show you what a great referee that Kerry is. He went over and consulted with the deputy commissioner that was on there before we went to the decision. He didn't just take it upon himself to make the decision, match them up and say, this is how it is. He went over to the commissioner. The, I saw them very, very aggressively talk about the situation. And the commissioner was in agreement with the referee because... West was not able to defend himself. I mean, it was an ugly knockout. It looked like after the decision, uh, right before the decision was made, that maybe we were going to see another situation of somebody being, you know, carted out of the ring. Thank yeah. goodness that did not happen. Oh, man. Wes 
you know, came about his facilities again, got up. Um, he seemed just fine. I mean, he was a little rocked, but considering so, I mean, that was one hell of a knockout. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But, <laughs> but, but because for the simple fact, it would not have changed the outcome. It did not warrant a uh, disqualification. Yeah. And, and, one one of the takeaways that I had from just from you know and some of the, one of the other questions I've been asked was like, um, you know, was that was that was there malicious intent there? And I'm like, no. If you no. if and everybody saw that Houston Alexander felt absolutely horrible about it. Um, well, they're he, they're friends. They're friends. You know, they're yeah. they're, they're friends. They're they're you know they're you know that you saw it. I mean, you know. If he had not shown any kind of remorse and everything, I mean, you know, maybe it could have been construed differently, but that's not what happened. That's not what we saw. He was very remorseful about that last shot. He didn't like seeing his friend on oxygen. He didn't yep. see the, like the, the bodyboard coming into the ring and such. I mean, he felt, you know, genuine remorse over that. So I just don't think it warranted uh, a disqualification. You know, it, it was yeah. a knockout. It was a knockout. Yeah. If, like I said, if Wes was leaning on the ropes, if Wes was, you know, trying to get back to his feet and he had come with that shot, then yes. Then yes. He was in a position to have defended himself. It was a down. It would have been a down shot. And that would have absolutely warranted a disqualification. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, at, at the end of the day, I was just, I was so relieved to see Wes get up and, you know, and sit down and be, of course he was rocked still, but just, just, I mean, it was a scary moment there, a scary couple of minutes when, when, you know, when we were all wondering. So I'm we just, I'm just that. happy that, that he's and okay. Never, and we never want to see that. I mean, never. We, love, we love the brutality of the sport. However, the last thing that we want to see is a fighter uh, not being able to walk out on their own two feet. Absolutely. We, we Absolutely. never, we, we, we never want to see them carried out. And that's why in those situations, you know, the, our, our production is so great that they don't focus in on the downed opponent, whether he needs oxygen, whether he's needing, you know, help from the EMTs, uh, our, 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 you know, our cut man team, you know, we're not focusing on that because we don't need to focus on that. We need to focus right. on the fight. You know, they go ahead and they go back and they talk about the replay. They're true professionals about that because we don't need to show anything like that because, it, it, it doesn't do any good to anyone until we see that person stand up. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that he did. So, um, all right. Next fight. Sam Shoemaker, Josh Burns. Um, ended really quickly. Um, I would have liked to see that, that fight um, not in that way. Um, not for, not, I'm not saying for the fact that, um, that uh, that Sam um, is is my my client and friend. Um, I just think that it would have and should have been an all out brutal war. Um, and so, just to, from my perspective, I'm sitting ringside and uh, obviously you watch the replay. So Josh, uh, you know, in that fight, um, Sam is going backwards. Josh is coming forward. Josh throws out a, a left hook. To me, it didn't didn't look like it was a super powerful shot that hit Sam. And so I was like, what happened? You know? Um, but if you were sitting there where I was sitting, you heard when Sam goes down, boom, he, he hit his head, the back of his head on the way down. I know. And that, 
and that's what really shook him. Um, he wasn't he wasn't hurt by the punch. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Josh. I, you know, I, I have congratulated Josh. I'm a good sportsman. Um, and listen, congratulations on the victory. Um, I just wish that it didn't happen that way. If it would have been a clean, nasty shot that that knocked Sam out uh, from, you know, from the force of the punch, that's one thing. But Sam was in, in, you know, and I've spoken to Sam since then, and, and he said, I'm not hurt other than, you know, the back of my, the back of my head where I, where I, yeah. I hit that steel. Yeah, that um, rope, those are unforgiving ropes, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. That. Now, Matt, I know where you're going with on this. However, I, I do have to say that there was a knockout factor to this. And the reason why I do say that there was a knockout factor is because of the lean of the way that Sam went down. Sam went down in a knocked out fashion. When you see someone kind of stiff, he was a little stiff in that. So there had to have been some force behind there. I mean, it wasn't just a fall. You don't just fall like. Oh, no. I, it, was know, it, was it was a, a knockdown. It was a knockdown. And, the, and part of him did go limp. Part of him do, did go limp because he leaned straight back into that rope. So there was some power there. Was it unfortunate to see it go down the way it did so quickly? Absolutely. I would have loved to have seen more from those guys. But as far as their game plan, you know, Sam was in there probably at two, you know, two steps. Josh was about two steps ahead. And that's all it was. He was just, you know, and that's all it takes. And that's what's so interesting about Bare Knuckle is that all you have to do is just maybe be one or two steps ahead. And that's sufficient enough. To, 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 because it's all about creating this crazy momentum that you don't normally have when you're restricted with gloves. I mean, even four ounces, I mean, you're still got heavy tape. I mean, and when you're dealing with boxing gloves, I mean, that's even worse. I mean, you're not really thinking about it that much, but right. when you're unencumbered by gloves, you know, your momentum moves in a completely different fashion. So all it takes is one or two steps ahead, and then you find yourself in a knockout position over your opponent. In other sports, you may not find yourself in that position just being that many steps ahead. Right, right. And again, I'm not arguing that it was a knockdown. It certainly was a knockdown. I just wish I, we could have seen what would have happened if he hadn't hit his head, if he would have gotten up to recover and, and continue to fight. I think it played a factor, a big factor. It absolutely um, did. You know. It absolutely so, did. It so, but again, not taking anything away from Josh. Um, Never. I was you know, proud of so, him. I, I was yeah. proud of him. I, I, I would have been – I'm honestly, either one of these guys, I am a huge fan of Sam. I am a huge fan of Josh. I, I am proud whether somebody wins or somebody loses. And I know Sam, you know, he's had his ups and downs. He's had his trials. He's had his tribulations and such. But he's still the kind of fighter that even after something like this, there's no fucking way that you can count him out in any way, shape or form. No, way. no, <laughs> he's still, in my opinion, um, you know, Sam Shoemaker and Josh Burns, both are two of the most dangerous heavyweights in the world when it comes to bare knuckle uh, period. And, and you can never count either one of those guys out. You can't take out Dylan Kleckler from that. Dylan Kleckler. Oh my gosh. Guy. Yeah. He's, he's no. becoming quite the dangerous heavyweight. Dylan Kleckler is is a problem in the in the in the uh, heavyweight division. I'm telling you right now, and everybody knows it. Big problem. Um, big, you know, problem. yeah. So he's a he's a beast of a man, and he's an incredible athlete, and uh, and has been successful in in his for his in his entire career. Um, he's he lost one fight in MMA, 
and it was like a weird. I don't know. I don't know. Have you did you have you ever seen the the video of his loss in MMA? Yes. yes it have. was like he was chasing the guy, and the guy comes around with a spinning back fist or something and just caught him. It was like one of these freak, like a, almost like call it a lucky shot, call it whatever. But the guy wasn't even to me. It wasn't even looking, and that's his only loss. So I think that in uh, in bare knuckle he's going to be uh, a he and already was, is, and that was, that was just uh, crazy weird timing. I mean, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's not exactly like the guy was dominating him. Just like you said, he was almost kind of running away. Yeah, yeah. And so, but then you know, in I'm just he already is, but he's going to continue to be continue to be a force to be reckoned with on, as far as Dylan Kleckler is concerned. I mean, um, of course, you know, if we're talking heavyweights, you got to talk about the upcoming uh, heavyweight title fight that was just announced on Friday night. Um, can't wait to see it. Wow. It's going to be awesome. Wow. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize it's a rematch, too. Yep. yep. It, is, it, and it, is a, it is a rematch. I mean, you know, as uh, Joey was trying to ascend up the heavyweight uh, tournament at the time, you know, he ran into A.J. Adams, and A.J. was a problem for him. A.J. advanced, and Joey did not. Now we find ourselves Joey being the most dominant heavyweight champion we've ever had. Huh. We have had the most dominating, uh, and Joey Beltran has done something that John L. Sullivan even himself hasn't done, and though and that successfully defend the 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 Police Gazette Heavyweight Championship. I mean, he's a bad dude, but this AJ uh, when he came back, this is a reinvented AJ. Yes, this is a yes, reinvented man. I mean, from what we saw, I mean, he was dangerous enough to begin with in the heavyweight tournament, but I don't know who the hell this guy is. Yeah, I mean, he and what impressed me about his his what his last performance is that, uh, you know, coming into that that his last fight, I thought that he didn't have uh, an, enough power to compete with, you know, to to really dominate of you know some of these fights, and he proved ev everybody that thought that, including myself, wrong. I mean, he threw with a lot of power, um, and and shocked me honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too, and. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I think that that is a fantastic main event for um, Seneca. Now that's a that's a that's a great way to uh, introduce uh, New York to bare knuckle with two heavyweights that never cease to entertain. Never. I'm surprised that New York has opened up for many of the other states. Well, you know, unfortunately, the athletic commission hasn't opened up yet. It's not the athletic commission. This is the tribal commission over at the Senate. Oh, okay. Okay. So the tribal commission is giving us our shot. New York. I'm pretty sure, that we, but but you know what's going to happen is is that you better believe that the New York athletic commission is going to be watching and that they have been watching and they're going to see that this is worth uh, getting behind. It's worth absolutely uh, bringing it to New York, and I know for a fact that one day. We, I will be saying my triple hellos in the Hulu theater in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. It, it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's inevitable. We just have to get the athletic commission on our side and make them realize that this is money in the bank, number one. Number two, it's no more risk taking on bare knuckle than boxing or MMA. Absolutely. All right. Last fight of the night, BKFC 21, the main event, Dakota Cochran versus Mike Richmond. Oh, man. Mike Richmond is a badass motherfucker. Oh, 
My <laughs> but then again, I can't take anything. And I mean a single thing away from Dakota Cockman. Those body shots that yep. Richmond was absolutely unloading on Dakota Cochran. Any other human being, in my opinion, probably would have not gotten up. No, no. And and what sealed the deal. Yeah, I mean, those Dakota body shots. Rough. Dakota. Yes. I always knew he was tough, but I had not seen him under fire like this before. And he still, and he still persevered through. As he did. Incredible. He did. He took those body shots. You know, he was having trouble breathing. And then, really, what you know, he, he got his nose looked like he, he got his nose busted. And uh, and you know, you're already having trouble breathing after getting your ribs pounded on like that. And then your nose, you know, getting your nose busted the way it was leaking like that. There, you, how can you breathe? So you know, um, it was. But it was a dang impressive performance by Mike Richmond. Um, that guy is uh, somebody that everyone needs to be very concerned about. I mean, <laughs> like, Lord, crazy, well, crazy, fought, crazy. They fought it. They fought it middleweight. They fought at one seventy-five. I mean, you know, Mike could easily take it up to light heavyweight at one eighty-five with his frame. But I, I'm interested to see. I mean, I mean, you know, I think he would be a fantastic challenger eventually at one seventy-five. I, I figure maybe one, maybe two more fights. Um, he's ready for. He's ready for title contention. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well, um, he's impressed me with 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 his performances every time. And uh, wow. Wow. So he's a badass motherfucker. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, he'd say the same thing. In fact, actually, he did say the same thing about himself. So as far as describing Mike Richmond, I think I'll take the words out of his own mouth and just say he's a badass motherfucker. That he is. You can't deny it. You can't deny it. He's definitely on point with the mustache game. A lot of the them were, were good. There, were there was a lot of handlebars. There were quite a few handlebars in there, man. I'm going to tell you. They were I love it. It brings it back to that old school flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the gentleman look that John L. Sullivan uh, tried to bring back, even though John's was uh, – John had thin mustaches, but he dabbled in between thick, thin, the thin mustache and kind of the bushy mustache and everything like mm -hmm. that. And um, I still say the man who has the panache of the mustache in bare knuckle fighting, it starts and finishes with Tom Shove. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> He's got the best mustache in the game right now. Um, nice and guy. He is just, you want to oh, talk man. about a fighter who gets more dangerous with every fight? With every fight. Jeez. He, yes, he does. He does. You know, um, hey, I always and that's another guy, just like, you know, just like Travis Thompson, you know, just another really tough guy that never fails to uh, to entertain and put on a great show. I mean, the, he took such uh, that's another guy that took a brutal beating and just kept coming, you know, against Joe, Joe Elmore. I mean, he doesn't stop, you know. And he beat the shit out of Joe Elmore. Yes, yeah, he did. Joe Elmore had battle. Joe Elmore had not been beaten down like that in their knuckle up until that point. So that was, no. uh, that was an awakening on him. However, unfortunately, you know, the knock the knockdowns ended up, you know, really costing him the fight. And you can and every single time that he was knocked down, yes. he was pissed. Oh, he was pissed. He oh, yeah. Smash, he would smash the ring. <laughs> I told you, he just seemed shaking his head at himself. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know what? 
I, I think that Tom has learned from that fight and he's realized where he belongs in the world of bare knuckle fighting. And he is going to be a force at 155. I agree. I think both the, both of those guys, Joe Elmore and Tom Schof, are two of my favorite guys to watch, really. If there's anybody, if there's anybody in my opinion, as of right now, at 155 pounds that can pose a real threat to Luis Palomino, it's Tom Schof. Okay. Well, that would be, be you heard fun. it. I'd love to see it. Love to see it. Well, do you have any words of wisdom to leave us with tonight, Jeff? Every word that I say has <laughs> God, I love it how you how you how, how you set that up. Like everything that I've been saying is bullshit, and now <laughs> now that you're kicking me off the uh, the broadcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of your words have have had wisdom. And listen, your your opinion, uh, I mean, I have my opinions, but you were actually able to change my opinion, which doesn't happen typically um, in in the one instance. So, man, it's it's always good talking to you, Jeff. Uh, I've had nothing. The reason why that is, and I'll explain the reason why that is. The reason why that is, is because it's an interesting seat that I have both, you know, in the ring, which is the best seat in the house when I get the opportunity to pump up the fighters, pump up the crowd, add the sizzle to the edges of bare knuckle fighting championship. And then I, you know, then I've got the best seat of the house on the outside where I have, you know, watching on TV and watching it in person is night and day. It's It's absolute night and day. So with that interesting dual perspective, that I have when I'm working, I have a completely, maybe even a different perspective to give than the casual observer. So I think that's why a lot of people may see it my way. I'm not out to necessarily change your mind. I'm out to tell you my perspective and quite possibly educate you if I feel that your perspective may be missing something. Now, I'm not saying that your perspective was. I'm just telling you what I saw. If you happen to take that into account and change your mind, that's wonderful. But that's not what I'm out to do. I would rather educate than spend unnecessary energy trying to change people's mind about the sport because people are going to be they're going to make up their mind about how they feel about bare knuckle whether they love it or whether they hate it and such sometimes it takes peer pressure from their friends to bring them into the fold but even if that does happen they're truly not going to be oh i did not howie (laughs) Actually, actually, actually i take that back if i am going to order scott burt paper dolls it's only to wipe my ass with (laughs) <laughs> that's the only way blow my nose wipe my ass that's the only reason why i would ever need the the, 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 whole, the fact that those things exist to begin with makes me believe that satan exists <laughs> oh my gosh oh lord i love i love the rivalry you guys have and, and uh and scott it's not a, scott it's is- not a rivalry i win he loses <laughs> okay well, there you have it. And Scott, if you want to come on and, and refute that at some point, you're more than welcome to. Bring it on, bitch. <laughs> we can have both of you guys on here. <laughs> Bring it on. I will shut him down. I will shut him down. <laughs> have you ever seen those demolition crews uh, blow up the buildings in Las Vegas? That's what it's going to look like. I'm pushing the hammer down. 
There you go. There you go. Well, hey, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I'd love to do it again. Um, Jeff, you're always more than welcome to come on anytime. Um, love having you, man. And uh, so we're Bare Knuckles Most Wanted. And uh, you just heard the uh, BKFC 21 recap with Bare Knuckles Most Wanted crew. That's me and Matt. And, of course, Mr. Live Worldwide, Jeff Houston. Thank you for coming on, Jeff. Appreciate you, man. Every day and any day, brother. All right. See you later, guys. All right. What we do here is go back, 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 back.